ready for this? Your hard-hitting interview. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe not so much. Not really, but let's try. So my name is Valeo. Actually, it's not my real name. My real Ukrainian name is Valery, but nobody can pronounce it. And my surname is Mucha. Zencaster is changing. Our team is getting bigger. We're releasing new products, but the look and feel of our company is changing too, for the better. And we have Valio to thank for that. My title, I believe, called Lead Product Designer. He designed the new Zencaster logo our user interface, even the artwork for this podcast. What would you say, since you have so much experience working remotely, what would you say are some of the pros and cons? Yeah, so one of the pros for countries like mine is that you can actually sell your skills more expensive than inside the country. Mm, Okay. That you can actually sit in at home, work and make like uh, three times more money. That's amazing. So you can work remotely where you're at and get paid on average three times the amount as someone else in your country doing something similar. Three times it's a minimum, I believe. It can be like five to ten times, you know. This is Digital Nomad. Life is moving fast for Josh Nielsen, the founder of Zencaster. It's now 2015, and he and his family are now living in New Zealand. He's married to the love of his life, Lucy, and they have a brand new baby girl, Marigold. Tell me a little bit about the name. Why did you guys name her Marigold? This is still a bit of a point of contention because my wife actually had a dream that Marigold came to her before she was born and like told her that her name was Elsie. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I had been doing a lot of name research. I'd looked at thousands of names and it's weird because the names that I thought I liked, none of those seemed to fit. And then when I saw Marigold, it was just like, bang, lightning, you know, like it just, I just knew from that moment. Josh really loved it. I didn't love it. He started calling her Marigold before she was before she was born even, which I have always thought is kind of a weird thing to do, like to name a baby in utero. It just feels like Yeah. Relax. It's gonna happen. Don't worry about it. Like we don't need to know exactly who this child is before we've even <laughs> met. But I did I waged a little bit of uh social warfare, I think. I got a lot of people sold on that name. <laughs> Marigold has not only captured the hearts of her parents, but her grandparents as well. Pete and Liz Kamek, Lucy's parents. Josh and Lucy are now staying with them at their home in Christchurch, New Zealand. I would say it was one of the highlights of my life in a while. Yeah. Just being there with Lucy and Josh. Of course, it was Lucy's Lucy and Josh's first. So it was quite a, an amazing experience to watch your daughter become a mother. And it was a really lovely time getting to know Josh as well because we didn't really know him that well. We were staying in the, in the, they call it the sleep out. They got a room attached to the garage and we were staying in there. They have a guest room downstairs just by the entryway. They had a little office in there. Gave me a big desk, gave me the whole room. So you were still doing some freelance work during this whole time? Yep, yep, all through this time. I had the plan for Zencaster 
but I knew I needed, you know, I needed a way to be able to work some for someone part-time, spend, you know, half to three quarters time and then spend the rest of the time on Zencaster. I think that's when he was starting to figure out that there was something maybe that he could take from the project he'd worked on before and transition into something different. Okay. And I think that was like the kind of inception period, I guess. And then from that point onwards, even when he took on other contracts and work and stuff, he was always working on Zencaster. So how did you feel about that? Because I can only imagine, you know, if my husband's like, yeah, I'm going to start a company right now. I'm like, ah, oh, there's a lot going on. So what was going through your mind with all of this? Um... It seemed like fine to me. I didn't really have any issues with it. I've never really had strong opinions about how much money we should be having. And I knew that Josh could earn money when he wanted to and get contracts when he wanted to. I could see that he was working really hard on something and that he cared about it a lot. And that has always seemed to me to be like the best place to invest your time because it's more sustainable to be working on something that you care about and also Josh is like massively oppositionally defiant so he has always been a person that was only going to work for himself or work in an environment with like a lot of bandwidth for him to be making choices about his time and stuff yeah now keep in mind Josh is living in New Zealand, and there's at least a 16-hour time difference between New Zealand and the U.S. New Zealand crosses the international dateline, which means they're a day ahead of the U.S. Not only were time zone conversions a bit tricky, but Josh was pretty much working when everyone else was asleep. Josh, I mean, he has a different biological clock to most people, I think, mm-hmm. and can survive on very little sleep. I don't know how he does it, but I would wake up in the middle of the night and be smelling Josh cooking. Yes, and- keto, middle of the night cook up. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, very spicy food. and. Well, he worked all night, 10 to 2. Then he had sleep during the day, but he didn't sleep a huge amount. Uh, then he spent a bit of time with Marigold and family and so on. But mainly he was just totally uh, in that office doing his Zencaster thing. I, I just remember him that whole time that we were with my parents um, just working all the time. Because he was working at night, he would end up doing a lot of baby stuff at night like I would feed her but he would put her back down just because he was awake anyway so I I don't think he slept for like a couple of years and I think that was probably like the hardest I'd ever seen him work ever like he won the heart of the woman living in front of us we are on a subdivided section so there's a house in the front and we're at the back Helen is a single woman um, probably in our, a, a bit older than us by a couple of years, yeah. and she was a single parent. She just adored Josh. Oh, yeah, Josh this, Josh that. Yeah. And Josh could yeah. do no wrong. She's totally obsessed with him because every time she would get up in the middle of the night to get a glass of water or something, she would see his office light on. And she just <laughs> thought he was just like... Oh, she she calls him Joshy. She's like, that's Joshy, just working all night long to support his family. That's nice. But also, like, I'm awake too, so relax. It's fine. It was pretty antisocial, to be honest, just because I was cranking so hard. I was working, and then when I wasn't working, I was trying to get working on Zencaster. It was, you know, not that far off from when Marigold was born that we launched the beta. Uh, or I say we, um, there was no we at the time. You. <laughs> it was a lonely time. <laughs> when you launched beta? 
<laughs> At this point, I was I had launched Zencaster and I was paying the running costs, but I didn't have any revenue from it. Coming up after the break, Zencaster hits the road. Well, sort of. We get a backdrop, a booth, and we start promoting ourselves at Podcast Movement in Dallas, Texas. Hey, guys. This is Josh Nielsen, the founder and CEO of Zencaster. Thanks for checking out our podcast, Digital Nomad, to learn more about the story of how Zencaster came to be. If you're a podcaster or planning to start a podcast, I'd love for you to go to Zencaster.com and learn how we can help you record your podcast. Zencaster now supports remote HD video recording as well as studio quality audio to make sure you look and sound great. We also help you mix your videos together so you can quickly and easily post your episodes online. We give you a 14-day trial on our pro account and our hobbyist account is completely free. And now, back to Digital Nomad. Josh is working hard. He's doing some freelance work. He has also launched the beta version of Zencaster, and he's getting used to life in New Zealand, where they're staying with Lucy's parents. Did he talk to you guys much about Zencaster and the stuff that he was working on? And if so, what did what did he say? Yeah, we got the general idea that it was a kind of podcasting recording thing, um, and also the actual Zencaster logo and and the kind of visual surrounding that. We were, you know, we chatted about that sort of thing. The, you know? Yeah, the yeah. labeling. Yeah, yeah. seemed like a cool name. Mm, and yeah. the font. And, yeah. You know, to be honest, for me, I don't think I really realized what a big thing Josh was actually doing. I just thought, oh, Josh is doing something with computers. It sounds interesting, but. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. something's going on in there. Yeah, something, yeah something's <laughs> going on in there. That seems like it's... And, and it took... A, I mean, he worked relentlessly. Josh is a very hard worker. So you were working out of your in-law's house, doing that kind of stuff. And then I have in my notes, too, that podcast movement, 2015, that was coming up. So Zencaster had really just kind of launched. So it sounds like pretty quickly you went into the, okay, we need to introduce this to some people. You know, I think my initial motivations were not that great or didn't make a lot of sense, I guess. (laughs) You know what it was? There was another service that was competitive with Zencaster, sort of. I don't know if they were launched out of the beta, but they got bought before then. It was called PodClear. I saw them as a as a pretty direct competitor, and I f- saw that they were going to be at the conference. Mm. And then I was like, oh, man, maybe I need to be at the conference then. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, this was still when the idea was new. You know, I think part of it is I didn't, like, want someone else to, like steal the thunder or whatever. But what I found is the real value of these conferences is getting to know the people that come there. And and it's just fun. Like podcasters are fun people. Yeah. Yeah. Show me some. Show me. Show me some. Show me. Show me some. So Zencaster is going to its first show. But wait a second. Josh is overseas with his wife and a newborn. And Podcast Movement is in Dallas, Texas. Well, if you've listened to episode one of Digital Nomad, you know that Josh is originally from the Dallas area. 
So Ryan's my cousin, but he's also kind of like more or less a brother of mine who's in the area. I called him up. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, I want you to go to this conference for me. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't a podcast or anything. <laughs> no, yet. no. No, he knew nothing. I don't think he knew the first thing about podcasting <laughs> or the product. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you and Josh, you guys are cousins. Explain that to me, like how you guys are related. Okay, so... His dad and my dad are brothers. Josh's dad and my dad were 20 years apart. Whoa. So by the time my dad was born, his dad was out of the house. Josh also came very late in life. He's he's one of seven. I don't know if you know that, but. Yeah, he told me, yeah. You know, when, when Josh was working on the early stages of Zencaster, did he talk to you about it? I mean, before you kind of got involved in, and did some of the marketing stuff, do you remember him mentioning it to you or? The first time that I ever really remember Zencaster like really coming into consciousness for me was I got a call from Josh one time saying that there was this event called the Podcast Movement. He wasn't going to be able to be there in Dallas and wondered if I could go and, and fill in for him. And he was like, I don't know, man, it's the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know it sucks. It sucks. But like, I think we agreed to get him a, like an Ableton um, push, just like a MIDI controller. He'd help me out. He's like, if you go, he's like, I'll, I'll get you a push. And I was like, <laughs> well, you twisted my arm. Uh-huh. But then I went and like really enjoyed it. Okay. <laughs> like really enjoy. I mean, in as much as you enjoy having the same conversation with people 12 hours a day, but sure. it was inspiring, I guess, to me, really. It was cool to, to see that product sort of taking shape. Well, that's pretty lucky of Josh, his cousin, who <laughs> does conventions, just happens to be in the city. That's Yeah, that's true. And my son, <laughs> I remember my son was an infant at the time, so my wife actually came down for a couple of days and we'd, we'd have the buggy next to there, so we had this kind of magnet that would draw people in to be like you were you were luring people in with young children is that with a baby yeah so they come in and they they come in oh cute baby like yeah cute baby but you know did you know that um do you know we have this product that you can record for your podcast (laughs) yeah so so yeah so i mean i don't i don't know how many signups we got off of people who thought the baby was cute but it was a nice little Nice little value add there. So what were the features? Like if people had logged in and tried to use Zencaster at that time, what did the platform look like back then? It was more or less similar. I mean, the UI was a bit different, but functionally what it did is it got access to your microphone. It recorded and then uploaded that to the cloud. It's just, you couldn't hear yourself or, or you couldn't hear other people in Zencaster. You had open Skype. So this is before Zencaster had its own built-in VoIP. Oh yeah. And so there was some confusion around that. Yeah. And I, th- I think he'd been telling everyone it was kind of just like Skype and it records and uh, which is the, you know, the, yeah, it was the ideal, but it was fine. <laughs> but it was just funny because, you know, we just went with what we had and it worked out. So for the longest time, I still had a bunch of his from the old branding, the old turquoise branding, if you even remember that, yeah, that I was storing in my garage for a long time for the next uh, <laughs> potential <laughs> podcast movement that we might do. Where did that? come from like did you help him like get any of the marketing products or did he just order some stuff online or what happened no i mean he just ordered a bunch of stuff online and 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 shipped it to my house which was which is part of the reason why maybe i just didn't have the best comprehension of what was going on lots of funny things happened i'm just trying to decide what's (laughs) what's on brand well this is the behind the scenes so nothing is on brand (laughs) 
Tell us about the name Zencaster. Why'd you pick it? Zencaster. Well, there's a website, leandomainsearch.com. You go in there and you can search for like a term, cast, for instance, which is, I don't, is probably how I got to Zencaster. And you can say like, make it start with this term, make it end with this term. It just finds free domains and shows you and you just browse lots of them. I got a sense at that point that these are situations where people are, these are like important moments for people and they need to have really peace of mind and ease around the products that they're using. At the time Zencast ER was taken, but the R just as it TR was free. I figured out before I bought either of them how much I could probably get the ER domain for. It was about a thousand bucks and so that was where I spent my first thousand dollars from the business was I bought the the real domain. <laughs> the ER domain. <laughs> we just redirect it. We don't use it really. Oh, so it does redirect. So if I go to Zencaster with an ER, mm. it goes to the main website. Yeah. I'd, I don't know. At that point, I was like, do I rebrand? I don't know. I got other fish to fry. And well, so. and all the cool kids are dropping the E's anyway. So apparently you're a trendsetter. <laughs> Zencaster has made a mark on the podcasting community. The number of users is growing, but it's still a free platform. In order to keep it going long term, Zencaster had to be profitable. Oh, and Josh's visa is expiring again. My visa was expiring. I didn't want to fly that far. I'm always trying to figure out how to avoid those long flights. Lucy loves Thailand. She's always been trying to talk talk me into going there. And I had kind of heard it's like a, a great place to work and live if you work remotely and you can live cheaply and do all this stuff. I'm going to go there and launch the paid plans for Zencaster. I'm going there to launch the business. Coming up on the next episode of Digital Nomad. I think we needed somewhere cheap where he could just kind of buckle down and work. If we're going to do that, let's go somewhere where I can do fun stuff with Marigold. And Thailand is like one of my favorite spots. I just love it. Why would you go to a place like this? Like this doesn't sound like a San Francisco kind of tech startup environment. You're going to go to Thailand, like visit first. Pictures don't really tell the whole story. If you got a problem with big spiders, you might have have some problems. <laughs>